love Michigan sports. Red Wings, Lions, Tigers, Pistons, Michigan, Michigan State, and the list goes on. And you love beer. Love beer. Who doesn't? What if we mixed the two together? my sports we'll talk everything michigan sports like only we do and then we'll down our fair share of beer from a local brewery grading the beer throughout the episode so pop a cold one on your end and we'll get busy on ours this is the state of my sports this is episode 146 today we are going to talk about the mlb lockout news before jumping into some Detroit Pistons and Detroit Red Wing notes of late, basically just talk about what they've been doing, what they've been up to. Uh, our DeHops featured topic will be some NFL talk. Uh, we're going to talk about what are we going to do? Rank the best wide receiving prospects, right? Wide receiver prospects in the NFL draft. Ryan's looking for for his voice. I think he left it left it behind. Um, then we're going to answer some NFL questions um, that are being talked about around the world. Uh, we will grade some. Cr- Great craft beer from here in the state of Michigan. Uh, if you're joining us live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, or Twitch, please let us know in the comments and, and be part of the conversation. We want to know what you guys are drinking, first of all. We want to know what you guys think about the, the, the questions that we're going to go through. Who are your favorite wide receivers in this draft as well? What do you think about the Red Wings and, and the Pistons? So be part of the conversation the best you can. The Hops Brewing Company and Cafe is the official brewery state of my sports. Mac Web Design helped us get our website up and running. Betting, betting Hero. Helps us and you get the best promotions available in the sports betting world. I'm Sam Walthart. With me today, we got Ryan Walthart, Micah Hello. Smith, and Hello. John Dornboss working behind the scenes. You guys have a good week? John, you've been gone for a couple weeks, actually, man. How, how you been? Doing well. Hanging in there. Trying to stay busy. Yeah, we, we almost got like a vacation John version, but you got one more day of work, you said, right? Yep. Tomorrow's Friday. What are you going to be doing? Hopping on... The California Zephyr train in Chicago and taking that out to Salt Lake City, Utah. Man, that sounds awesome. Are there any uh, train swaps? Do you have to do you have to change trains at all? Uh, we stay on the same train the entire trip. Oh man, that's nice. Um, we do have like a stop. I think it's like a forty-minute stop in downtown Denver at their Union Station. So. Um, Looking forward to that. I mean, get to hang out for a little bit, get outside, stretch the legs. But there's quite a few stops along the way. But, no, we'll be on the same train, same room the entire time. Yeah, that's really nice. Micah, how you been, man? That's what I think. Sweet. Good. Yeah? Yeah. You said you had a scare with the pool. Everything good with that? <laughs> yeah, tell, tell everybody uh, about your pool no, situation. We're all good. We're all good. We don't want to talk about the part of the world, man. We talk about it. <laughs> tell us what happened. So... Well, I think the pillow popped or deflated somewhat, and the 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 pool was starting to create some tension on the outside ring. Oh, so I had to uh, make a few adjustments, add some water, and uh, I think we're going to be okay right now. Save the pool, right? Save the pool, twenty twenty two. Did you jump in to break the ice? No. What, what happened? No. Oh, Is okay. that what you're supposed to do? Honestly, I wouldn't even know what to do. I have no idea. I just know ice one time destroyed my parents' pool. Oh, it did. Yeah, it, it was the. Cold. Was that the end of it, or did they fix it? That was the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. Took it out. Yep. Yeah. Sad day. Yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of what the poop pill is designed to do, though. That's what's supposed to take the, the brunt, and they're designed to pop, right? That's kind of the thing. Like, if if, yeah, if there's if going to be, be. Yeah, like, movement where, yeah. yeah, like, then they want the, the pillow to be the one to The ice to has to expand bump. somewhere, yeah. so it, it should take up the, the air. Mm-hmm. 
That'd be scary, though. I wouldn't like that. But no. everything's good? Yeah, everything's good. Had the day off today. What'd you do? Uh, went to the kids' uh, homeschool program. Uh, we did our family presentation, talked about ourselves, had questions uh, that we were answering from the other kids there, asking, like, favorite ice cream what flavors was, and stuff. What was your favorite question? Uh, ooh. Yeah, the the ice cream thing was fun. I mean, all the kids just asked silly questions. Yeah. Yeah. Would you Did you dodge any questions? <laughs> I dodged some of my interests. Carrie wrote down, like, like bourbon, cigars, and guns, <laughs> and I'm like, ah. <laughs> I'm like, honey, you know, I, I think I'm going to go with date nights with my wife, and everyone, was, like all the ladies there were cheering. And oh, yeah. You got to get, like, get okay. all the moms I think that's where I stop. For you. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that was good. I got to go see my daughter's gymnastics, which I never get to see because it's, it's on Tuesdays at 1 o'clock, and I'm always at work. So that was nice. Good. Glad yeah. to hear that. How about you? Um, I don't know. I have a pretty boring life. I don't know. <laughs> I got a oh Andrea no way. Easton had a, had an amazing weekend. Right? He did have a good. That's thanks for bringing that. I, yeah. I forget. Easton got to play at Van Andel Arena, so his first jamboree, um, little hockey guy. Um, so he played at Van Andel Arena. There was probably like maybe twenty teams, maybe I don't know. There there were so many teams, and he got to play in two games and stuff. So he got his first goal in in a jamboree, which is cool. He played pretty yeah. well though, and, and it was cool because his goal, he was just like. He was, the kid stole the puck from him, and then the kid was kind of like skating away, and Easton went and got under his stick, flipped, picked, it, picked his stick up. Oh, no, it starts like, early. And then he just kind of <laughs> pushed it away and outskated this guy and put it in. I was like, dude, I was pumped. Nice. Like, I, 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 got, I didn't get emotional because I was on the ice. Like, I can't do that. I, I had to, like, pretend that I wasn't excited Sam's for him. Sam's out there throwing his hat on the ice. <laughs> like <laughs> I will do that as his first hat trick for sure. Well, he had his first hat trick, and he told me you did not do that. I asked him. That's right. Yeah, that was uh, yes yeah, during scrimmages and yeah. stuff. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he gets quite a bit of gold. But then uh, it was fun because it was at Van Andel, and then we already had tickets. We actually went with Kyle and a couple of his boys to the to the Griffins game that night. So it was like, oh, nice. hey, here's uh, you know, you you played on this ice earlier, and now you're sitting watching the game and yeah. stuff. We were actually right behind the visitors bench, and shout out to I, don't, I forget what team it was. It was Edmonton Oilers. Um. Uh, affiliate and they their their head trainer John can you actually look that up while, while, I, while I tell this like because I want to give him credit for this name so what happened was so it was uh, me Kyle and, and our and his two boys or two of his boys in in Easton and a puck went into the the bench and the trainer uh, so they just always hand the puck back to the trainer that's what they do and then the trainer like found um, Judah the younger his younger boy and tossed him the puck and we were like thank you so much like it was so cool. Um, they got bobbleheads too earlier in the day, which was cool. Like for the first thousand kids, or whatever it was. Yeah. Who um, was it? Uh, the bobblehead. Yeah. Uh, Bertuzzi. Nice. I think it was Bert. No, it was Tatar. Sorry, it was Tatar. Um, it was. So it's not Edmonton. It's Edmonton's. Um, the Oil Kings. No. So it's. Uh, oh my gosh. What is it? it, it just t- type in Edmonton Oilers uh, AHL affiliate. What's that? Uh, Cosa. Sebastian goal- Cosa, yeah, that's yeah, place yeah, that's a that's a junior team. It's in the United States, um, but then uh, actually, I actually have it in my paper. But J- John will find it, right? Um, but anyways, so he got the puck. I think it was. I don't think so. <laughs> pretty close at the end of the Bakersfield Condors. Yes, that's who it is. Look up, oh, look yeah. it up, and pull up the main trainer. I want to give him a shout out. Um, but anyways, so he train. gave he gave Judah a, a puck, <laughs> right? And then 
that was before the second intermission. And then we like gave him a thumbs up. Hey, thank you so much. Like really appreciate it. And he like I see him like kind of look and count. And Kyle and I kind of look at each other like, did we just see what he did? So he came back with two more pucks, but he saved them to the very end of the game, uh, which was awesome. They, they all the boys got T-shirts too, like from the the T-shirt throwers and stuff. No which was way. Pretty sweet. Jeez. And he cleaned up good. And then all of a sudden at the very end of the game, Griffin's won in a shootout. Came back late, and then. Uh, as soon as the game was over, the trainer like turns around and tosses two pucks, and <laughs> we were like, Tch. it was pretty sweet. So yeah, that guy right there, uh, Chad. Tell Chad, me the guy with the mustache. What is that, Chad Drone? Drone. Tra- Chad Drone. Yeah. Chad Drone. Great dude. Great dude. Shout, Shout out, out to you, Chad. Chad. Yeah, it was it was awesome, but uh, it was just a good day all, all together. Eason, man, that kid smiled the whole time. <laughs> what? Who's oh, look cult? at that! Can you? Yeah, now trans. Can you do that? No, he's just joining the show. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, but that was pretty cool. Uh, that was pretty cool. I wonder if you could use that to our advantage. Well, Actually, you could go to the share screen. What's the guy with the mustache? Look at that thing. That was a nice mustache. Oh my That's goodness. a real good mustache. <laughs> he looks like he likes IPAs. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He right? Maybe yeah. a double or a triple. I think he likes most things. Well, he just uh, looks uh, happy. Another funny thing that, that <laughs> Chad did, like as soon as like Kyle and I walked down with our beers, he like pointed at it. He goes, I want one. <laughs> like you want, uh-huh. right, you want It's like one? a young Monopoly guy. He yeah. just hasn't thinned out yet the and m- not as old as normal. <laughs> it, was, it was a good time. Should have told him you'd trade a beer for a, a stick. Yeah. No, I, yeah, we should have. That would have been a good <laughs> – I don't know if he would get, get away with that. But um, So we were sitting like right behind the bench, and you know me being a hockey nerdish type guy. Like I loved watching the relationship between the head coach and the captain and then the head coach and the assistant coach. It's just so funny to see because – See the head coach is like getting all fired up. And then he turns to the assistant coach. He goes, blah 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 blah. blah. And then the guy's like, yeah. <laughs> he would like talk to his sleeve because he has like a mic to talk to the people. I don't know. It's just uh, funny the way. But he was just he was just the yes man. It was hilarious. <laughs> it was just so fun watching that. But, um, yeah. I'm, thank you for asking. Yeah, that, you that bet. Was, that was. I'm glad I got to talk about that. Um, MLB lockout though. That's where we're gonna start. Uh, before we get into our beer introductions, uh, so basically the the deadline they said was was today. Um, originally, it was going to be uh, midnight that the the league was going to start postponing um, true true games. They're already postponing some some of the uh, spring training games, and now they're postponing um, the the regular season. So basically, they said it was going to be at midnight was their deadline. The the owners self-imposed deadline basically is what we're looking at here was supposed to be at midnight they had good days yesterday with their with their um meetings that they thought they were cold so like all right we'll extend it to be till five o'clock on uh whatever tuesday and that's where we ended up and basically from what i'm gathering i'm getting alerts on my phone of what's being talked about is it sounds like they've canceled officially canceled the first two series of of the regular season and and it's really just sounds like these owners don't even want to play. And and that was a report earlier I guess Monday morning was was talked about that you know they they found a date that they will not lose any money. If if they start playing by a specific date, they won't have they won't have lost any money with all of their contracts and stuff like that. And that's May 15th. And that's the date that I think we got to keep an eye on here. Um but what what have you been able to gather since we since we started here? I haven't found what I wanted. I think Ryan's got some. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just reading a report about it, but uh, it says uh, there's a quote here. The reason we are not playing is simple. A lockout is the ultimate economic weapon. This is Tony Clark 
talking. And he's the direct. He's the players' association. Director, he is. Yeah. Right. Yep. In a ten billion dollar industry, the owners have made a conscious decision to use this weapon against the greatest asset they have, the players. So, he basically, started all this by saying how disappointed he was that the owners stopped the talks. They officially announced that they're, like you said, they've already canceled the first two series of the season, and that those series are going to be unpaid games for the players. Um, the presser came after MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred announced the first two are are canceled, and then uh, he says again, it would be our position in the event of games being canceled that as a feature of any deal for us to come back that we would be asking for compensation and or that those games be rescheduled, according to Baseball America's Kyle Glazer. Okay. So what what it really seems like is is it's going to be a standoff, right? How long can the how long are the players willing to not get checks, and then the owners will eventually get what they want. Otherwise, they're going to continue to lock them out because most of these owners, they they're not going to lose a whole lot of money yeah, if you not, don't play. Not especially if they're not paying the, the players. For yeah, this. yeah. Tony Clark said after that as well. He said the league set a deadline here. Uh, we're willing to stay here and have a conversation tomorrow. We're willing to fly back to New York. We're willing to go wherever we need to go to get back into the room and continue the dialogue that has begun. So the, the, the at least to the public, those announcements from the Players Association is that they want to continue talks. This quote-unquote deadline that the owners put on them was really an arbitrary deadline. It, it didn't yeah. really mean anything. It's something that they were using as leverage against the players. Yep. The players are fighting back right now. The, we kind of expected this to happen. Um, maybe it, we thought that they would talk until midnight. I don't know. Yeah, and then we're going to go through it all again. They're going to set another man or deadline, self-imposed deadline that the owners are going to use to, the, to their advantage. We're gonna, this is going to be a disaster. You know, you and, know what would really, I think in the end, I think if both sides laid out their cases, I almost think that the – the fans need to have a little bit more input here because I think we have way more pull than either side really thinks that we do. And if we were to have a voice somehow in this, I don't know how that would work, but let's just say the popular opinion is that the owners were terrible and that the players deserve all of this for uh, so many reasons. Mm -hmm. And the players and and people, us are the fans would say that we are going to go on strike from paying attention to baseball, buying, um, you know, jerseys, going to games and all that kind of stuff. I bet the owners would listen. Yeah, no, I agree. You know what I mean? I, I, the hard part is getting, like, there's a lot of people that say, oh, I'm, I'm never going to watch again. I'm never going to be, like, I mean, how many Lions fans uh, do you know? They're like, I'm done with this team. I'm never going to watch again. Then they're here they are on Sunday being all <laughs> depressed. It like, like it, it just doesn't yeah. work. Yep. Because that's what the, the fans are is we're, we're idiots in a lot of ways because, I mean. <laughs> we're slaves to it. <laughs> we are. We really are. And it, it, it sucks that they have us by the balls the way that they have these these players by the balls, too. Um, yeah, but, the players I mean, are not. Yeah. The players aren't the problem. I, I don't think. I guess where where do you stand on that? Like, do you? They're they're both posing a problem. It takes two sides to tango. I mean, it's it's obvious. I mean, maybe one is a little bit heavier, or one outweighs the other. But they're both their own problem. They're both Mike, at fault. Micah said earlier, say. like, what what are we, who are going to side with? The millionaires or the billionaires complaining about money? Well, see, and kind of. The way I look at that too is, you know, you you do have your billionaires, your owners, then you have your millionaires, your players, and the longer this gets drawn out, I mean, your owners are looking at losing what looks to be pennies, but the players are going to look to lose, you know, more dollars. You know, th- yeah, that, that's yeah. like the stark difference between how much money the players have versus 
the owners. Yeah. And the owners, boy, they, they could just, you know, pee away all this money, you know, until a certain time period, until they're sick of losing money. Yep. You'll, they'll never run out of money. The thing, the, the interesting thing with a lot of these owners is this is their side gig. Like, this is just something that they do for fun. Right. This is their, their, their play toy, if you will. This isn't their business. This isn't their money makers. Like, obviously, the Illich families is part of a lot of different things, but their big ones, the Little Caesars pizza and, and all of that. It's like the Tigers don't make them the money that they need as their livelihood. Yeah. This is the player's livelihood. And I I, I understand the, the billionaires against millionaires argument, but the problem is, is this is billionaires against half millionaires. Like it, it, it's not the the top tier players that are going to be hurting because they've already made their a, a crap ton of money and are going to be fine. These are the guys that are. This is my chance to make five hundred thousand dollars this year. That's not a valid argument when you're talking. They want to drop the player control from six years to five years. If you're in the league for five years and you're legitimately going to get a contract, then you're a player who's going to make millions and millions of dollars. I, I guess what I'm saying is, is it's the majority of the players in the league make less than a million dollars is basically my argument with that. That's what I was trying to get at. Yeah. It's hard with baseball because of all the guaranteed money and NFL players would die for these contracts. Like they would absolutely do anything for these types of contracts. Yeah. And so does MLB have a good, yeah, they do. The players have a good, but, but at the same time we can see the pettiness on both sides and like the owners doing this, who loses in the end? It's really the fans because we're, no, we're not getting yeah. the, the season that we want to get. Yep, I agree. And I had a weird feeling. Like I was driving the kids home from from Dan's class today, and like I got the alert that they canceled the first two series. And usually I'd be like, ah, oh, just lost opening day. Like such a fun day. Like all of that excitement. And I'm just like, I'm just kind of numb to it. You know, like the being let down by sports for the last couple of years. It's just so. I'm just numb to. Them not doing what I expect, and it I'm, I expect it to be gone. You think COVID had something to do with that? Yeah, I do. COVID ruined so many seasons. Yeah, and it's like I'm just it is what it is. At not, like I know it's not because of COVID, but at the same time, it's just I'm still just no. Life went on when we didn't have March Madness. Exactly. Yeah. And as as much as I care, I was like I don't care. <laughs> like if they delay it two months, then I'll have opening day in two months. Like, it really isn't going to affect me. We just went through a 60, 70-game season not that long ago. Yeah. yeah. It was actually a lot more fun than a it was pretty exciting. Games yeah. or 62 games. So season. instead of doing six NFL mock drafts on this podcast, we're going to do 24. Exactly. Because we can't talk Tigers. That's that's the biggest <laughs> thing. I am interested to see, like, okay, if this lockout continues and the players are saying, we're going to lo- we're, we're gonna fight just as hard, basically. We're not going to give an inch in, in a lot of ways, and they're willing to wait it out. What does that do with the non-roster players that – are at camp, do they start minor league baseball season? Are we going to be sitting watching Bally Sports, watching AAA baseball, and watching these these guys that we wanted to watch up in Detroit? Tor- Torkelson's <laughs> going to be ready that to go. That could happen. You know what I mean? <laughs> Riley so, Green's going to be all set. Extra I, if, if, I, if I have to sit and watch AAA baseball, I'll, I'll probably do it. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I hope they play. Yeah, that would yeah. be awesome. Maybe go to a couple more Whitecaps games too. But uh, We did want to get into our in- beer introductions for – uh, this episode, we're drinking uh, from Way Post Brewing Company. Um, They're located in Fenville, Michigan, which is just south of Saugatuck. Um, they basically, this is from their, their website, is their little, farm, their little Farm Brewery on the shores of Lake Michigan, focusing on tradition farmhouse styles and craft lagers. They strive to produce beer that reflects the place where it is made and the people who make it. 
just like every brewery, I guess, <laughs> tries to say that in a certain way, but I love it. Uh, the brewery is on a 58-acre tender fruit farm. What is a tender fruit farm? You guys know what, like, the difference between a fruit farm and a tender fruit farm? It's a Ooh, bit more tender. Yeah, probably like a grape farm. Grapes and, yeah, oh, so I it might even be like a... I mean, it's a, that grapes grow on a vine, but they're a tender fruit, you know? They're thin. Yeah, yeah. that's true. And, it, and I wonder if they're like a winery, because Songatuck has wineries in it. Wineries, yeah, and like blueberry patches are down south, too. Yeah. On the shoreline, yeah, south of Benton Harbor, so... Uh, they said the fields provide both the ingredients and the inspiration for their beer. You can order online, pick up at the farm, have it in their tasting rooms and beer garden, or find it at local retailers. Their hours, Monday 2 to 7, Friday 2 to 9, Saturday 12 to 7, and Sunday 12 to 5. So they're open four days a week. Check them out. The beer that we are drinking is, what is it? Blueberry Sumac Sour. Is that how you say it? Sumac? Sumac? That's correct. Sumac. Sumac? Is it poison sumac? <laughs> I don't know. Hmm. Uh, blueberry sumac sour consists of farm-grown blueberries from Blue Star Farms, dried sumac. I, I really want to know what that is, first of all. Um, it's give for a lemony note up front, or, yeah, up front, and little cinnamon spice in the backdrop on the top of a lightly tart base beer. So... When I saw sour, obviously I think Arvon. I love their sours and, and all that good stuff. Different type of sour. This is probably a more traditional sour, not like a smoothie type thing. Um, right. What are, you, what are you guys' first initial thoughts about this this beer? It's got a it's got a good clean taste. I mean, it, yeah, it's like you said, it's it's not like a it's you know a, a wild, a thick, bizarre, kinda, yeah. punchy in the mouth fruit type of sour. This is. Really nice, well-balanced sour. It's got a nice dark uh, color to it, but it tastes really, really light, yeah. isn't it? I like the tartness to it. I really do. That, that's pretty solid. John, what do, you, what do you think so far? Have you even opened it over there? No, I, I did just pour the beer, but you had me uh, intrigued with the word sumac. So okay, what, what is a sumac? Uh, it, it is uh, 35 species of flowering plants in a genus, the roos. And Let's name all 35. To, uh, <laughs> yeah, related to the, the cashew family. Hey. Um, sumacs grow in subtropical and temperate regions throughout the world, including East Asia, Africa, and North America. Sumac is used as a spice, as a dye, and in medicine. Well, there you go. So drink more of this. Yes. Yeah. Help you get better. That's uh, fight COVID. Science. Very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, Can't mess with science. This is 4.7% alcohol by volume. So we will give it a nice little grade at the at the end of the podcast. Drinking craft beer, having fun, and talking sports in the state of Michigan. You're listening to State of My Sports. So as we sit here and watch the Red Wings, we're going to talk the Pistons. Yes. Playing pretty good basketball right now. They yeah, won three sure of four. Are. They beat the, the Celtics right before the um, All-Star break. And they also beat Cleveland just outside, out, just off the All-Star break. And then they lost to Boston. And then they just beat Charlotte in a nice overtime victory. Yeah, game um, winner. What has been the biggest difference in, in these in these last few games that, that you're seeing? I mean, I think they're getting their, their – 
main guys back healthy. Uh, Jeremy Grant came back after a long absence, and, and during that time, Cade was in and out, uh, and Kobe kind of messed that up. Uh, Sadiq Bey and Hamadou Diallo for a while were like the main scoring options that they had, which, which I think has really helped them because they, they brought their confidence level to a, a different point and took more ownership over the offense and within this team. And then when you bring those types of guys back like a Jeremy Grant now you now you see what the Pistons were designed to do they, they have length on their and their starting um five unit and then their reserves are coming in Diallo is full of energy and scoring like crazy you get Killian Hayes that doesn't need to score he just passes all over the place and plays really good defense and who by the way is actually playing with way more confidence that he than he has in a long time um and then like even Frank Jackson will be coming back to score off the bench pretty soon Kelly Olenek is finally healthy uh, scoring as a center, I think you're finally starting to see what this team was designed to be at the beginning of the season, and it's just competitive. That's what we saw last year for long stretches. We did not see that early on this year, but we didn't see their team. So, I don't know, John. What, what did you think? Oh, I like how you touched on uh, Hamadou Diablo. Diablo. Diallo. Diallo. Yeah. Diallo. Um, I mean, he just has that it factor to take over a game when everybody else might be cold. Uh, Jeremy Grant is kind of asked to do a lot, and he's got guys that he can pass off to right now that are also scoring. Sadiq Bey got back to just shooting jumpers. He doesn't have to develop the mid-range game. He's worked on it. He shoot, you know, shows flashes of being able to score, you know, however he wants to create with the ball. Um, it'd be cool to see uh, Isaiah Livers play a factor in all of this too, because we got, like you said, youth, and that's what's going to get you through the the long season. I know. A lot of people knock the NBA. You know, they play in a controlled environment. They run up and down a gym, and they shoot a basketball, right? But it wears on these teams that have veteran uh, leadership, maybe too much of it in some cases. And uh, that's, you know, I, I know the Pistons aren't pushing for the playoffs. Um, but if they're going to build around this core, they're going to be a team that might make a splash next year, and they're one or two pieces away from getting to that level. I really like the addition of Marvin Bagley. Oh, yeah, he's well. already already in made uh you know uh clutch moments yeah know, well re between rebounds and passes and making a jump shot every um, single game he's he's scored over 10 points yeah. coming off the bench um you, it's easy to see that that's what he does well but he, he he scores the ball uh defense maybe can improve here and there but he's got the natural raw athleticism to be a good defender he tries on defense he just doesn't he doesn't have a natural jumping ability or timing ability to block a lot of shots but we don't need him to do that. Isaiah Stewart and him, the combination of those two guys, I think we do have potential at the five. Uh, like you said um, about uh, – I'm trying to find his name. Isaiah Livers. Isaiah Livers, you know, he's just now getting back, finally starting to play some basketball. It was actually announced that um, one of the keys to the rest of the season was to find out how Isaiah Livers fits on this team, and they're, they're going to give him a, a real chance. And, you know, tonight he's played 10 minutes, only two points, but he's – he did not look. I watched a game the other day, and Isaiah Livers looks like he belongs right away. Like he hit he a couple can, threes in his first game, didn't he? Yeah, he hit a couple of threes. He plays good defense. He's got the big, tall body, good decision maker. We saw him basically as the the point guard for Michigan last year, in the last couple of years, uh, making that team go. He switches onto point guards. He switches onto the four guys. Um, he he can handle the the defensive work on both of those. So. I'm excited to see w where he fits on this team. They do have a bit of a log jam, it feels like, a little bit here. Uh, but at the same time, they have a, a pretty decent group of talent that they're putting together. And it might be comparable to something like on the third line that you know the Red Wings are trying to do. These guys are growing up in their role on this team. 
No, that that makes sense, and it's good to see. It's nice to see them get those wins, um, as long as they don't get too many and and really hurt their chances to to get it. like the guy, you know, the someone that can pair well with Cade. And and I know that doesn't really matter, but at the same lottery. time, it's a lottery. It's we a gotta lottery. get it though. Like if you fall out of the top four, that would be pretty bad, right? I, I haven't watched a lot of college basketball, but there aren't any, like, top guys that are just sticking out leaps and bounds beyond the next guy. There's so, someone that, that mixes well with, with Cade? I think well, we talked think, about that a little there's, bit. There's but. some prospects. There's definitely some prospects with size that can shoot and score from all around the court. I don't know. Duke has one. Um, yeah, Ben Caro. Yeah. Ben Caro, um, Chet Holmgren, you know, yeah. they're, they're two big guys. Chet's been playing really well lately. He's a good shooter. Oh, man, I just – So skinny as a uh, rail, though. I don't think that's a body that can put on weight either, and I just think that's going to break down. I just I – don't, I don't like – I don't want them. And then there's – what, is it Jalen Smith uh, from from uh, Auburn? He, he he might go number one now. He's six foot nine, great-looking shooter, but maybe not the best decision maker. What do you think about Jaden – is it Jaden Ivey? Is that his name? Uh, uh, yeah, Jaden Ivey is from Purdue, Purdue. right? Uh, an, an incredible athlete. Yeah, he is. I mean, if you just watch him, he looks different. Like he just looks like an NBA player who's playing against college athletes, and and he's got something. He's got an it factor that could pair really, really well with the guards on this team. I mean, getting back to the Pistons now too, it's nice to see Diallo have such a role on the team because I feel like they. Uh, reached on a guy, Seku Dumboya, uh, you know, with an early pick to do that same exact play, that same exact brand of basketball, and he never just had it in Detroit. So it's nice to see him come in and kind of make a youthful impact right off the get-go. And he's full of energy, man. He loves to play ball. Well, Diallo is a former slam dunk contest winner. I mean, he jumps out of this, out of the gym anytime. Like, he, he is a freak of an athlete. He has the driving and finishing ability that people really, really envy. Plays good defense. I mean, I think he's leading the league in steals in the last, like, 20 games or so. Does he have a younger brother in, I think, in the G League? That might play for either. I've, I've the seen Denver, a Diallo down there. Yeah, yeah the De, uh, the Grand Rapids Gold or uh, the Detroit Crews. He's on one of those teams. I didn't know if there was sure. a relation or not. Yeah, I, and I don't remember if it's the De- Detroit affiliate or if it's the Denver. But yeah, it gets confusing. Yeah. Um, a couple more things about the the Pistons. I didn't want to talk about the the Rookie of the Year status right now, and I, I'm looking at the the odds. Obviously, the way I, I that's. I like to use the odds as, as telling me what, what people are thinking. Um, is, is you see Evan Mobley at minus 550, well, those are extremely um, <laughs> pretty overpowering odds, to, to say the least. And, and, and Cade Cunningham is in second at plus 900. Is Mobley really having a better year, or is it just more or less the fact that Cavs are winning and the Pistons aren't? Like that is that the only thing driving this thing? Like It doesn't seem fair to me. When I look at the numbers, it, it just it, – it, it seems like it's pretty obvious that Cade has be, uh, the better season. So in my head, it's got to be the 36 wins for the Cavaliers compared to the 15 for the Pistons. Is that like why is that even a factor? First of all, and do you think that's the biggest factor, or is there something I'm I, not seeing? I don't want to take anything away from Evan Mobley. He he's actually playing great basketball. He's made an incredible difference for the Cavs right away. His blocking ability, his just overall size and athleticism, playing the four or five, it doesn't matter. I I think he adds. A, a lot of versatility to a team that's more ready to win now, but he really put them farther ahead than they expected to be. So I I agree with Evan Mobley. Maybe he's leading right now. I expect Cade to probably leapfrog him if he keeps playing like he is right now um, because of what Cade is shouldering. 
you know, Mobley doesn't have to go out there and run an offense. Okay. He's just the recipient of lobs and, and some other stuff like that. And is he talented? Sure. But he's set up for uh, a lot of success no matter who he's playing with. He's kind of the, I don't want to say the last piece for the Cleve- the Cavaliers, but he's, like, Cade's the first piece of of, of this rebuild where yes. the Cavaliers are a few years ahead when it comes to that and it have already already brought in talent, not trying to just find the talent. Well, they to have, match, right? Yeah, they have two guards that are dominant in today's NBA, and they're playing without Sexton right now, I think, who's hurt. But yep. Darius Garland's having a huge year, and I think that's what helps Evan Mobley is that Cade's the number one guy, and Mobley doesn't have to do that. Yeah, clean up the mess a little bit down low. Well, I'm mixed with Allen, too. Those are two big bodies. They, they pair really well. They're both really athletic. The Cavs have done an underrated job, and maybe not even underrated, but they've done a, a really good job of turning that franchise around didn't, really quickly. Yeah, didn't uh, John Beeline had his foot in the door down in Cleveland, <laughs> too, there, and then he just bailed? He got that big contract. I think he, he did. might have drafted a guy or two. And didn't he get pushed the, out, you know, though? Oh, yeah. He didn't even finish the season as coach, I don't yeah. believe. Yeah, he was forced out. Drummond had something to do with that, too. Man, Drummond is usually such a good guy, too. He is. So weird. I like Drummond. He's decent. Um, and then the last thing with the Pistons that I thought that we had to talk about was was the teal jersey with the, the piston horse, if you will, or the horse head. Yeah. What do you guys think about that coming back? So I think they talked about four like, – I think it was like 32 games next year they're planning on using these jerseys. First of all, do you guys like those jerseys? Oh yeah, bring yeah. back. Love oh yeah, stoke. Really? I have yes. one. It's awesome. I had the the teal green uh, Pistons uh, starter jacket back in the day. Yeah, <laughs> really. Grant Hill was my guy. Yep. Jerry Stackhouse. Oh. Oh man. yeah, Stackhouse and Hill in that jersey. Yes, yeah. bring that jersey back. Now the reason I think it's cool is because the team will embrace it. Just being so young and like the throwback style, like that's what they're looking to do. I think the going to work Pistons is like, no, no, let's get back to as basic and non-flashy yeah. you know, uniforms we can possibly get to. Like, let this team stand out for what they want to do, and maybe it is a little bit flashier. Maybe they're younger and, and just want that little extra, you know. I'll say this. Uh, my godson asked for one thing for his uh, – I think it was his birthday, Christmas, Christmas. Christmas. A couple years ago, he wanted the throwback Job Morant Memphis Grizzlies jersey. Teal Whoa. green with the black trim, and it had the white and brown stripes. Oh, on yeah. It. yeah, sweet. And I'm telling you, that jersey looks way better than any other jersey that Memphis wears uh, on a regular basis right now. So, yeah, uh, bring it back. John Morant, I mean, he, he can make a lot of things popular. He's, yeah. He is a stud. I, the way I look at this this jersey is that I don't think it's a good-looking jersey, personally. Uh-huh. I'm not a big teal fan. I don't like it's that the, color. I, I think, think it's, it's the basketball <laughs> part. I think yeah. it's Let's cheesy. <laughs> But it's a big step up from what the Pistons are doing. Like with their other crap, like the, they don't have good looking jerseys in my opinion. They're very plain. Um, the logo is a basketball, right? And yet the Red Wings will never change. He's like, I love the classic look that never yeah, changes. Yeah, well, when you're part of the original <laughs> six, you gotta have to do that, right? Uh, um, but I, I think it. I don't know. It's. I agree that it could fit this up and coming team the way that they're building, and it's like swag. Give them a little bit. Give swag. them that. Yeah. Yeah. And I would Imagine like to make the, it like your Sunday jersey or something like that. Like, do something like the Lakers. Like, hey, we'll wear this on Sundays. But Imagine the shoes that are going to come out to match those uniforms, too. So, like, I, I would know, imagine they're going to be pretty ugly shoes. No. Right? Some throwback, like Jordan 4s or something. Teal blue. <laughs> yeah. I'll just, I'll trust you with that. You want to drag a picture across into that one? <laughs> T Mac 2s. <laughs> no, I think, I, just to like wrap up the Pistons real quick, I think the biggest difference with them. We've touched on a lot of things, but the biggest difference with them 
looking like a completely different team, in my mind, really is the the team knows their role at this point. And, and they've really found out who they really are. And that that's a couple of things. Bringing in Bagley was big, but then also moving Killian Hayes to the bench. And that, I think, takes a lot of pressure off of him where he can play his style of game, where he's not needed to score points, not criticized for turning down jumpers or anything. He comes off the bench. He gives a lot of effort. He passes the ball around, creates offense to guys that are, are looking to shoot. These are bench guys who are, you know, they're out there to just score. That's what bench players typically do. But then on the other side, the starters, they they know their role a little bit more. Cade Cunningham runs the offense. Jeremy Grant doesn't have to have everything funneled through him. Yeah, I wish he would pass more on his on his um, you know, if he's uh, isolating, you know, here and there. He should do less of that. But that was his role before, so now it's taken a lot for him to move on from that. So overall, the team was felt like it was separated for a long time. A lot of individual performances and a lot of contributors kind of improved along the way and now we're finally bringing them everybody back together and they know who's supposed to do what now right they know their strengths they know their weaknesses and now they're just out there playing basketball if it's craft beer in michigan sports we may not be the authority but we love both like a fat kid loves cake hot, hot! this is state of my sports so the other Detroit team that's playing these days are the Detroit Red Wings. And, I mean, they haven't been great as of late. They lost to Colorado. They lost to Toronto. Um, I kind of want to start with that Toronto game. Uh, so Crazy. Man, all right. For the people, 10-7? T- to 7, <laughs> They Football. lost 10-7. to 7. Hold on. Okay, so I went out to the bar with my buddy that night and sat down. And I was mad that the Wings game wasn't on. And I looked on my phone, and it was like 7-2 to two going into the third. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not even going to bother the, the wait <laughs> staff to turn yeah. it on and, like, kind of just, you know, wait and wait and wait. And, um, you know, one goal, another goal. And I'm like, that's kind of getting interesting now. And a couple more, like – by the time I asked the lady to turn it on, it was like just mere minutes, and we're within like two goals. Yeah, well, at I think one they got within one, oh, okay. and then they, the Red Wings had a power power play. So I didn't I didn't wasn't able to watch this game because it was on Saturday and I was at the Griffins, so I was a little disappointed. But they, yeah, so I think it was I think you're right. It was seven to to one at one point, and then the Red Wings scored five straight goals. Yeah, and I could be wrong on this, but to make it seven to six, and then they let up a shorthanded goal. Yeah. <laughs> to make it, but they they ended up losing ten to seven. One one of them was an empty netter. I mean, you look at this game and you just kind of shake your head because it's like your team didn't come ready to play. That was painfully obvious. The goalies were absolutely garbage. I'm wondering what was going on the night before because it was just that bad. So watching some of these goals that they're letting in, but the way the team didn't give up is something to to um, say for the way that this locker room is being run. Um, it. If they didn't show put up a fight the way that they did and score those five straight goals and make put some sort of effort into it, I am really wondering if that would have been the final straw for a Jeff Blaschel team. It because like bad. that that type of embarrassment, like let's just say you lost ten to one. That's coaches don't survive something like that when you've been kind of on the hot seat for 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 lack of a better term for for a right. while now. Right. Um. And that was really interesting to me that the fact that um. 
they were able to to kind of regroup and and put up an effort for their coach because they're n- they're not playing to win that game anymore. They're playing for pride and uh, for the guy next to them and, the, and their coaching staff and all, all that stuff. So well, they don't want to get blown out either. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it could have been that way. Real um, bad. Basically, they're they're just in the middle of. So they they've kind of been. R- not in the wild card hunt necessarily, but they've been either a couple points back from Boston with with Boston having like six games in hand or something like that. Right. So like they, they've been hanging around that that final wild card spot um, for a while, and but right now they're in the middle of, of absolute terrible part of their schedule. So right. Um, I already brought up that they lost to Colorado five three, lost to uh, Toronto ten to seven. Playing Carolina tonight, they're playing pretty well. They're tied one one right now. Um, the Carolina's first in the Metro, so they're leading their division. You got Tampa Bay, who's tied for second in the Atlantic. Um, after that, you got Florida, who's first in the Atlantic, second overall in the NHL. You get a nice break with the Coyotes, who are bad, but we'll, are looking at you as like this is our chance to win a game. So I mean, you got the Coyotes, then you got Minnesota, who's third in the Central, Calgary first in the Pacific, Edmonton, who's fighting for a playoff spot. I mean, this is such a tough part of the schedule. Um, a lot. Th- this team's going to be tested a lot here, and I'm very interested to see where they come out. Look, I, I, I've, I think the ship has sailed. They're not going to make the playoffs. I, th- no, I, no. I don't think that's a possibility at they're all. They're far enough behind Washington right now. I don't think it's happening. Yeah, and, and Boston as well. Yeah. Uh, so it's just like they're they're in not that. That's not what I'm focused on. I'm really wondering how they can come out of this, um, in for for a blashel like. This it feels like his last chance, even though that might not be fair. Um, but it, it'll be interesting to see how they because if they go out and win one of these what ten games that I'm I'm naming here, uh, that's not a good stretch. No, and that's not the kind at of all. thing that you move on from your coach in the middle of the season, even if you don't want to. Um, but um, and that gets you a week a, a week or so in, into the deadline as well, a week out from the deadline, um, and. Th- the Red Wings don't have like important players that the teams are going to be interested in, but we have enough expiring contracts that you better make a move, and you you should make some moves to to get again not keep key who, first round picks or anything like that. Who but, are who are the couple of the players that you're looking at? Hopefully, ditching well, here. Uh, soon. I mean, I, I start with the expiring contracts with uh, Stahl, Nemestikov, uh, Letty. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are the first three that come to mind. Grice is not going to get a sniff. There's too many other goalies that are that are, are better than Grice that people will, will rather trade for. I mean, you might be able to get him to move, but probably not. So are, are you in the mindset that we're looking at dumping, you know, the, the first three names you mentioned at all costs? Or, or are you looking at maybe hanging on to, like, a Nemestikov and seeing what happens in the offseason? Or are you just saying, hey – we're gonna take whatever it is. I think the 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 most value we have is a Nemestikov. I think you don't he's think the, it's Letty? I don't think it's Letty. I don't think Letty's played very well. I mean, he, he that's not fair because he. he I mean, he, he's yeah. Nobody's really gonna be interested in him, in my opinion. Um, it's gonna be some kind of package deal that these guys. I mean, you might get a third round pick in, in this draft, um, or something like. You're not gonna get anything of, of true value that's gonna get everybody excited, but what Eisman's been best at is like getting other teams cast offs that they don't have room for and all right, we'll trade you a piece for now. And this guy was you you were either gonna have to overpay next year and that we can pay this next year. So like the guys that are gonna be more restricted free agents right. and in the draft that we're 
or like in the same draft as a lot of our, our core guys is the way I expect this trade deadline to go. Now, I think Nemesikov, you have to move him um, basically because he's our, our biggest asset at this deadline. And it feels like a, uh, was it like Thomas Vanek? Is that the name? For some reason, that's the name that comes to mind for the Red Wings that they signed him, traded him at the deadline, re-signed him. Traded him at the deadline. That's what I feel like Nemestikov is going to be. Okay. I think he likes it in Detroit. I think that he fits well. I think he's going to be traded and then re-signed by Detroit. Um, that's just my hunch. Obviously, yeah. a lot can happen by then. Yeah, but, sure. Well, that makes sense. Um, yeah. It, it, we can get into the, the trade deadline stuff as we get closer because it will have a lot more perspective and, and hear a lot more, know exactly who the buyers are, who exactly the sellers are, um, rather than just kind of sit back and, and wonder – um, Do couple you more. know when the trade deadline is? I think it was the 24th, but I, I could be wrong. Okay, we'll have to I look that up. I think it's March 24th, um, but yeah, I, it's somewhere around around that time. I've looked it up so many times, and I'm like, why is it so late? Well, and I've, I, I, <laughs> you don't believe it? No, like, I'm like, why haven't they moved it up? Because I think they, it was late because of the Olympic break that they were supposed to have that they ended up not having. So they haven't um, adjusted it yet is what you're uh, So It's the 21st. Sorry, the 21st. It's still late. Yeah, it is very late. <laughs> it's I think the latest it's ever been, in my opinion. But I, I could be wrong on that too. It's your opinion that it's the latest it's ever been? I'm I'm I don't know for a fact that it's the latest oh, it's ever been, it. but it feels, it feels extremely late. late because usually what April usually yeah. April ten is the last week of the regular season. So that's what? Two and a half weeks before the oh, end of yeah. the regular season? Jeez. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. And I don't know if the re- end of the regular season is going later because of the Olympic break that was I don't know any of that. It's almost like if you're a contender, why would you trade for anybody and ruin with your like your team chem- chemistry? At that point, you know? you're if you're renting a guy for three weeks, it's not worth it. Yeah, it's weird, and and yeah. it, it kind of lowers the value of, of that. But in in 2018, the NHL trade deadline was February 26. Okay, I knew that it was late this year. Huh. I didn't know it was that late. What was your That's opinion? Crazy. And your opinion was right. Correct. Sorry. First time. Well, you make sure. All right. On this date, March 1st, 2000, Sam uh, was right on the podcast. Well, your opinion Never was right. Yeah. My opinion. Yeah. My opinion. yeah. <laughs> first, first time ever. <laughs> um, but another thing I did want to talk about, we talked about Cade Cunningham and his odds to winning the, the rookie of the year for the NBA. Uh, we have two guys kind of in the, the hunt here for the Red Wings. You got uh, Mo Sider at plus 250. He is tied with Trevor Zegras. Uh, at the top, and then uh, Lucas Raymond, who was a favorite for a while, has dropped down to only be plus 350. Um, I look at, again, looking at the numbers, knowing what I know about hockey is is Zegers has been flashy. He has that really exciting goal. I think he did a Michigan goal or something like that that everybody's really excited about. <laughs> Get all, you know, hunky-dory about it. And <laughs> But other than that, like, there's nothing that tells me Cider does not deserve to win this thing, and it's blowing my mind that he's not the favorite. I mean, he's got um, he's got five goals, thirty four assists as a, as a rookie. He's only minus one on a team that's probably I don't have their goal differential in front of me, but I'm sure it's minus forty <laughs> something along there. Like I bet you, it's not pretty. They have been one of the worst um, in the league for the last couple of years. I mean, and, and he's just he does so much more than put up the numbers too. Like those numbers are good, thirty four assists in your rookie year, um, and the, the time on ice is, is I think he's averaging over 22 or 21 22 minutes per game which is unbelievable for a 20 year old guy or 21 whatever it is it, it what he's doing day in and day out is so impressive 
and it's blowing my mind that he's not getting talked about um, I- I enough. Really, he, what he's doing is is so impressive. He's getting comped to, to some of the greats of all time. I think that's way too early because it's um, year one and he's got to develop and stuff. Got but a long way to this go. dude is he. You watch him and he. You know he's the best defenseman on this ice, and it's it's impressive his poise, um, his vision, the way he's using his body against grown men. Boy. Is so impressive. Protecting like, the puck he, the way he does when he skates. It's is, so cool to see, yeah. um, and and he's doing it the way that he's going to do it for his whole career. Like he's never going to be a flashy goal scorer. He's not. That's no. not going to be his game. But he's going to be steady, he's making be a good smart, passes. Smart. Player. Yeah, like, like that little move right there. Just simple, but yeah, it's just I liked it. out of it. Uh, <laughs> that doesn't happen I in like your that. rookie year very very often. Yeah, so. yeah I, I, you know it's weird looking at the numbers too. Uh, Lucas Raymond has better numbers than Zegras, right? He does. That's another thing. I yeah. mean, Lucas Raymond does have better, like the plus minus, the goals, assists. I, I don't know where the the the, the odds come in in Trevor Zegers's favor. It's a flash. Point. It was yeah. the flash goal okay. that got everybody it was really just excited. Popular opinion at the time. Yeah, he had a really. I mean, he did uh, something goofy at the All Star game that everybody loved. Um, I think he did the, the. Was he the blindfolded guy? Where he really uh, wasn't blindfolded or something? I don't oh, know. It was he just did like the dodgeball thingy. I think he did, or, yeah. Okay, yeah. So I think I think that was him. So like that kind of stuff is what's boosted him up there a little bit. That's ridiculous. Um, but Raymond has more goals and more assists. So yeah. Okay, but I will point and out there is a minus. four game difference. So games, I mean. Yeah, that's true. I mean, three point difference. They're not averaging a point per game. It doesn't matter if you're going points per game. Raymond still doesn't beat. I, I'm just saying. I'm just drawing the comparison between Raymond and Zegers, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I and, and point, look at, point look proven at penalty though, yeah. minutes too. Forty penalty minutes to to, to eight. Look, I mean, we're not gonna we're probably losing listeners as we as we speak. Yeah, the the, <laughs> the numbers sure. of of hockey. Um, but like I don't know, it's just driving me nuts. And I I am convinced, barring injury of for for um cider, like this dude's going to win this thing. So if you want to bet on a future, I, w- I would highly recommend putting your money on on something along those lines. Not bad. <laughs> From the Red Wings to Michigan State, we're talking about it. This is State of My Sports. Before we get into the episode, main topic for episode 146, and Rasmussen gets a goal. Let's go. I want to remind everyone that the Hops Brewing Company and Cafe is open and pouring some of the best craft beer in West Michigan. The revamped food menu, rotating taps, wine and ciders make the hops perfect for whatever you have going on. From dinner with the family, late night drinks with friends, and everything in between. The hops is becoming a staple in the West Michigan restaurant community that we highly recommend to our friends and listeners. Hit up Taco Tuesday, which consists of any taco for two fifty, and you can pair it with a margarita seltzer uh, for only three bucks. The new Mahi Mahi tacos, not your father's grilled cheese and smothered fries, are new to the menu that we love. To say the least, I really want to try those fries. I haven't tried the fries yet, but I think we're gonna do that next. Oh, the week. fries are good. Did you get them? Yeah. When did you get them? Uh, last week, I think. Did we, you? Yeah, I stopped in. <laughs> family. Lucky you didn't I, I wanted to go tonight too. I was like trying to make my the way. Taco Tuesday. Yeah. Man, might as well. I just I had to get home. Uh, the hops is the official brewery state of my sports, and if you mention state of my sports, you get a nice little discount off your first beer. We're also talking about potentially doing a live show there on draft night. So yeah, let's just plan on it. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah, it'd be fun. All right, I'm gonna. I, I've, I gotta talk to Mark. I got. I was talking to him a little bit today, but I'll, I'm gonna confirm it with him. 
No, let's just do it. Let's not just not even ask them. Let's just do it. Yeah, we're gonna be there. They're gonna be like, wow, there's so much money here. (laughs) Yeah, why is there so much money here? Oh, (laughs) Sam, you did not ask me. (laughs) You're gonna, yeah, we don't want your money now. You didn't ask. What's up? What day is the NFL draft again? Thursday, June seventeenth. No, I don't. It's Thursday, April eighteenth. 28th. 28th. That was close. I knew they would start with an eight. It just seems late this year. I don't know. It's my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here oh, first. Oh, man. <laughs> Anywho, yeah, uh, what we're going to talk about today is... And before that, let me just give a quick update. Pistons did just lose to the Wizards tonight. 116-113. Uh, Killian uh, got an offensive rebound with like two seconds left. I think heaved one up and missed at the, at the buzzer. So. Oh, cool. It was a close game. That, again, competitive. That's all we wanted to ask. Probably uh, unguarded. But <laughs> 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 he did up. Oh, boy. And if you put the you you bet really against good, them minus really three and a half, you're not happy with yourself right now. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't change the the league's worst shooting percentages from Killian. But uh, as long as he's not shooting, I'm not, I'm not too worried about it. I can't wait till we get to the uh, Wednesday parlay. Well, that, yeah. Well, that's not today. That's not the parlay I did today. Oh. I already lost that one because of the stinking pistons. I <laughs> whatever. Anyways, we're going to get into some wide receiver rankings. Yeah. All right. So I don't know how, how this is going to go. Ryan, you have your rankings. Um, what I did as I put on the paper here was was pro football focuses um, wide receiver rankings heading into the NFL Combine. Now, yep. this is pre-Combine because things can change, I think, especially with that type of Specialty position, or uh, what do they call it? Not a specialty position. It's an athletic position. Yeah. I mean, it, there's numbers to usually back it up. Yeah, so the yep. numbers, someone could just go blow a, like, absolutely smoke a, uh, <laughs> can't think a 40 yard dash. A 40 yard dash, oh. and uh, yeah, that too. <laughs> that could really ruin their draft yeah. status. Or um, help, it depends on how <laughs> yeah, relaxed they get. That's true. <laughs> um, so, like, Ryan, where, where do you want to go? Do you just want to go with your list? Or you want to kind of dissect what they do here and then tell them where they're wrong? Like, what do you want to do? Well, I think I, we, we chose wide receiver for a reason, right? Uh, wide receiver is just jam-packed with talent every single year at this point. We know that there's going to be some misses. There's going to be some some probably some superstars out of this group. Um, but it's really difficult to separate the top five or even six guys, in my opinion. Um, it might be different than most years. Most years, you think you may, like. I think a couple of years ago there was. Uh, oh, no, I'm, I shouldn't even bring up names, but it, there were like three guys. Jerry Judy was one of them. Uh, Cowboys selected one of them, but but there C. was C D Lamb. Yeah, C D Lamb and that group. There was uh, and, and Justin Jefferson. Jefferson yeah. yeah, those were like the people that. Um, they Justin Jefferson was like the odd man out as like maybe the fourth or fifth best wide receiver is in all these rankings and yet he has been absolutely dominant in the NFL for the first two years and I think we could be looking at a situation like this and so I guess the purpose of this is just to go through the wide receivers because it's a need for the Lions specifically yeah. um, and I want to just show like how these wide receiver rankings from the PFF could possibly be completely different from from mine that's yeah. a little foreshadowing and I think pro football focus is a is a tough one because they always they look at a, a, analytics that other people don't. Yeah. And and they take it as gospel when they even probably don't believe themselves. You know what I mean? You see that a lot of times when um, someone that you that actually had a terrible game like had the best pro football focus rating and, and at their position that week. It blows your mind, but it happens. Um, so you, you brought up the first five. I, I'm actually going to go through pro fo- football focus's top five. Let's do it, yeah. And we can kind of talk about it some from there, um, whether you're surprised or not. So – 
their number one is Drake London out of USC, and they have him as the top overall or tenth top tenth overall prospect in, in on their big board. Um, moving down to Ohio State, you got Garrett Wilson, uh, where they so they have him at number two, but thirteenth overall on their big board. So it's not that big of a difference um, when you're coming when you compare the two. Um, what where would you go on on those two? For well, okay, so let's just let, yeah to give context. Drake London number one for PFF ranking the big board rankings. Number 10, number 13, uh, third is number 17, 19, 29, 30. So, like, there's five guys within the top 30 picks is kind of what they're predicting here. Well, six if you can include Sky Moore. Oh, yeah, there you go. Which Sky Moore in the top 30? That blew my mind. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Ballsy. I don't yeah. know. Not here. But, um, yeah, so their first two, Drake London, Garrett Wilson – I have one of those as my number two as well is uh, Garrett Wilson. He is my number two. Um, I I could not disagree more with Drake London, and and it's worth bringing up PFF with the analytics side of things. Drake London is ranked number one in every single category you could think of for um, contested catch rate Mm -hmm. or just balls, you know, 50-50 balls to go up and get it. Drake London dominated last year with – uh, in college football and he did it in like eight games because he got injured and yeah yeah ruined his season at that point but his numbers look pretty incredible i just don't see it i don't see the athleticism in my rankings i actually have him ranked number seven in my wide receivers okay which just shows the difference and, and maybe i'm wrong and maybe they're wrong but that's that's the how close a lot of these um comparisons are yeah for the wide receiver so the the pro football focuses list uh winds out the top five with uh jameson williams out of alabama chris Olave out of ohio state and Traylon burks out of arkansas Traylon burks is an interesting name to me because he seems to kind of fit the debo samuel mode mold um that i feel like if, if he didn't look as good as he did in the, in the playoffs and down the stretch there for 49ers i wonder if that if it's just like the the comparison is making him more valuable than than he actually put up in in, in the in college in college football, if that makes sense. Yeah, it, he's a tough one to to rate because a lot of his catches came on like bubble screens that he just turned into run after catch. So okay. that's where the Debo Samuel comparison comes in. He ran a lot of reverses and was and, extremely and I'm sure effective. Like that type of player. Their their analytic side of a pro football folks they look at yards after catch I'm sure is a big key in in the, when they're grading all overall wide receivers that might have something to do with why he is sneaking into the top five but he's also a giant human being he is he's gonna probably run a four three forty he's huge he's he's big strong he looks like uh, the 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 dude out of uh, Seattle. Seattle Seahawks wide receiver uh, DK Metcalf. Yeah, DK Metcalf. So people are comparing him to DK. Than DK Metcalf. Yeah, I think All right, so. Good. Right. Yeah, everyone does. He's, Does he he's have a nose com- ring like DK Metcalf? Uh, probably. He's Not a bull. Yet. Yeah. Right. No, I don't think so. All right. <laughs> no, but he's compared to that, and then he's also the comparisons are are like what you said with Debo Samuel. So he's kind of he has the the comps are what kind of drives him up, I think. But also he was by far the highest usage wide receiver out of Arkansas, which means that defenses would scheme around this guy and he still dominated the college football scene. So my number one is actually Traylon Burks. Really? Because okay. I think I think the upside and how you use him in an offense can be either way. You can either use him as a classic X wide receiver, 
by on the sideline, throw it deep, and you'll beat guys deep. Uh, he's a great contested catch guy. He's got the biggest hands in the draft out of wide receivers, I think. So big, strong, great blocker. So he does everything right, and yeah. then you can also get him involved in the creative short game, like the reverses and and you know speed and space type uh, approach. Based on like the mock drafts that I, I'm, I'm, I've been reading, it feels like he's the one that we're going to miss out on because the Rams went on the playoff run. You know I, what I mean? I, like I think so. There's like a good it chance. just seems like that's the one that's going to really hurt. It's either going to be him or like a Nicobe Dean. It's like, dang. <laughs> That's why we wanted the Rams to lose, even though I was rooting for them the way I did. All right, so you got Traylon Brooks as your number one. Where do you have Jameson Williams? I have Jameson Williams number four. So I'll just give you my top five real quick. Um, number one, Traylon Burks. Number two, Garrett Wilson. Number three, Chris Olave. Four, Jameson Williams. And number five. Oh, where's my number five? Did I skip number five? George well, Pickens. I, I got to go to number six then. David Bell. David Bell. Yeah. So they have David Bell all the way down to 13. Yeah. And I thought that one was very interesting. And I was actually – so, like, the, the mock draft simulator that I, I mess around with, um, they originally had him, I th- want to say, as the top 40 overall prospect. And then last night when I was doing it, they they switched it to be, like, 56. And they actually moved Jahan Dotson ahead of him. Yeah. And that I, really surprised me. Those two are really close to me. They're they're five and six in my list. But they're but they're, but they're pretty different. different. Like that's that's where I'm like I guess it I don't know. So I think the reason I've got David Bell so ranked so much higher than some of these guys is I think he has an underrated NFL wide receiver body. He's six foot two. He's he, which means he has the size that yeah. like a Garrett Wilson would have. Yep. He's got the strength. If if you see somebody who's like six one, six two, and they're skinny as a rail, they say, well, good, good height, good length, but they need to put on some muscle. Like nobody's saying that about David Bell. He's a strong dude. He's who, already developed for yeah, sure. Absolutely. And maybe he doesn't have elite speed. He doesn't have elite quickness. But I think his route running ability, his his ability to feel the space and just be where he needs to be. Also mixed with that kind of size, toughness, and strength, I think he's a way underrated commodity in the NFL because I think he's game ready right away. And again, he's one of those high usage rates, rates guys, also to for which to me tells you that he beats defenses when they're scheming around him. Okay, and, and to, I think that goes a long way. That means that he's not only going up against the best corner, but the the safety shaded his way, and that means he has to navigate through. Getting all those looks. And his reads are good. Yes, exactly. His, his read options are, are good. Route route options, I guess, is, is the better. Is that the and he goes say? and he goes and gets the ball. He he's a really good contested catch guy again. So I think to me, the the more balanced of a wide receiver you can be where you have speed, you have uh yak ability like he does, clearly mm-hmm. he breaks a ton of tackles too. Um also contested catch, also maybe a slot guy, maybe outside. The more you can do, the, the higher value you are in my book. Yeah, I just got an alert on my phone, and he just scored again against Michigan State. I don't know if that's – that must be old, but he just scored again. So. <laughs> he just did, yeah. He's still doing He's it against them. No, <laughs> I mean, that, that was the game that really stood out to me, and obviously I didn't sit and watch Purdue games a lot. Um, but what he did against Michigan State was so impressive because they were scheming against him because he was their only weapon. And, look, I mean, doing what he did against Michigan State isn't that impressive because Michigan State was, like, one of the worst, if not the worst, pass defense in, in the, the country. But, man, he just looked like – he looks like he's an NFL guy ready to go. Oh, and, yeah. And he, Absolutely. he's the one that screams like a Jamar Jefferson um, – Jamar Jefferson? 
Which one? Justin Jefferson. Justin Jamar Jefferson's on the Lions. I yep. that's where um Justin Jefferson that could be the fifth or sixth guy drafted, but have the best impact for the first, you know, four years of his career. That's the one that really stands out to me because I think he's ready. And he, he does things in, in a different way. I don't know if they, they comp like our styles are the same, but that's just who I like I just think he could be the most productive guy. If if you're not if you're not careful, you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. And that's I, what's really shocking when I saw him at all the way down at 13 on Pro Football Focus. I, I think it's actually a good comp. He is to me. He's Justin Jefferson without the eth- elite athletic ability, and, and so maybe that's the difference. But it, so instead of averaging 1,400 yards, he's a 900 to a thousand yard guy that who still catches touchdowns. Like we'll take that, especially if you have you're building a wide receiver corpse around him and other people. So you ended with David Bell. How far did did your list go? I mean, I've got a top ten for you. You want me to just keep yeah, going? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah, number six. Well, I guess so. My number five and six were different, so my numbers are off here. But I have Jahan Dotson after that. I think his uh, athletic ability explosion. Um, he, he's a little undersized. I think he's like five ten or five eleven, 185 pounds or so. But he does have that next level ability of of making guys miss, beating somebody on a route, but uh, has enough physical ability that he's not just going to be uh over the the middle type of guy um after that i have i actually do have drake london there is something to be said about a contested catch you know go up and get it bail out your quarterback type of athlete i don't think he will ever be the guy to get open i don't think he's even that smart or a good route runner but he does have an elite ability to catch a ball he shouldn't catch so kenny kenny galladay 2.0 I think Kenny Galladay is a, more of an athlete than him. Yeah, yeah. I think he's maybe um, the comps that are out there. The the Notre Dame guy that's with the Steelers right now. Um, Claypool. Claypool. Yes, Chase I know Claypool. He from Notre Dame. I, I think he's a Claypool type that, without the speed, um, but okay. he's the big body, and maybe a better contested catch. Um, good blocker too. He's really physical. I'm under St. Brown. Um, and him have similar play style, but I think you know, quick same Brown, the complete opposite. There, there's the quick twitch and then the the long body. But all right, after that, I'm just rambling at this so point. So Drake London was number seven. Yes, and then I have George Pickens, wide receiver out of Georgia. I think he's got the speed. Um, I don't know how much he really does in the mid range and underneath, I, but he will be. A valuable asset on somebody's team pushing the ball long and, and, and he can go up and get the ball so good hands i think underrated speed you'll see in in his 40 time might go a long way for him on, at the combine yeah he'll, he'll be an interesting one is he I, i'm curious what he's gonna do still fighting the injury coming back from it i'm, I'm curious what if he's gonna not do certain yeah. things but and then i have um i have christian watson and then sky Moore. So you have Sky Moore at number ten. Yeah, and then who was who was it? Christian, Christian Watson, Watson, number nine. I think um, I just see him fitting in with so many different teams. He is the the wide receiver out of North Dakota State. I like him. I like yeah. the way he runs. I think he's dynamic. He is a uh, an he almost reminds me of Traylon Burks with his ability to run on rounds and and look like a running back as he's running, but with yeah. top end speed. It's gonna be weird. Like when you look at it from a Lions perspective, is Three is too high to take a wide receiver, in my opinion. When you look at this this draft, when you, especially when you have as many holes as you already have, 
Um, or sorry, two. <laughs> My, we're, we're second yeah, I was thinking trade thing. down. Too. Yeah. Um, and then 32, where we're at, it's like it seems like you're going to miss out because usually there's that run in the teens on, on wide receivers. That's really when you see it and you, you feel like you're going to miss out on, you know, a, a pretty high-level guy. Now, you, luckily you have 32 and 34. Wh- which guy do you kind of see being available in this situation that you would kick the wagon on? Obviously, depending on who's who's still there and at other positions, but which ones do you kind of look at and be like, yeah, I would take them if they're there, let's say, at 32? I mean, 32 is not much different than 34, I guess, right? I guess where's where's your cutoff? You know, like, yeah, 32, 34, where is it like, yeah, that's too big of a reach for me, or these guys are long gone. So, like, there has to be somewhere in the middle a, a few of your, your guys, right? If Garrett Wilson, Jameson Williams, and Chris Olave, if any of those guys are there at 32, I want them. They they have the speed, the overall athletic ability, the height that ma- makes a big difference on any offense. I think they would be huge targets at 32 or 34, both of them. Um, so that basically eliminates your, your top four, let's say, right? Traylon Burks. Jameson Williams, that was one that was four. So, is David Bell worth taking at thirty-two, or is that where the that's where your cutoff is and be like, that's too big of a risk or too big of a reach at this point? I think I think uh, there's, in my mind, there's no way David Bell is going in the first round. I don't see it happening. So if you want to take him in the first part of the second round, I'm completely fine with that. If he slips to the third round, you trade up if you need to to go get him like that that would be a steal in the third round gotcha john i mean are there any wide receivers that stand out to you in, in this draft that you're like man i just i want those that guy to 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 learn a lot about golf i feel like we need another piece we need someone of value right well last year i was screaming for uh jamar chase to fall to seven for detroit to yeah because i knew he was going to be a playmaker but if <laughs> i did i guess it, yeah i mean that was huge not to knock on what panay sewell did for us yeah at, at seven you know on the offensive line but i think of a guy like i don't know i just look here like number four chris Olave. if he falls if he slips you get him at 32 for sure yeah but again i don't think detroit needs to be drafting a wide receiver with their second overall pick there's yeah, other needs on the team um, so I think you just you kind of just grab the best prospect available at that point. Um, anything with yeah, any any guy with size and and can catch the ball because we need uh, weapons around Jerry Goff. Yeah, I I just I feel like you address wide receiver at your second or third pick. That's where it looks to me. It seems to be you'll still get a valuable guy that will be good as long as there's not a huge run. Like obviously from a, a Packers perspective, you want. A wide receiver, right? Like, I mean, in a, like, say everything's lining up the way you want to. Rodgers resigns. Let's say you guys find a way to get both him and Devontae Adams. You still need another piece. That's kind of been the argument in a lot of ways for, for Aaron Rodgers' frustration of not giving me another weapon. Which wide receiver stands out to you that you would be like, yeah, let's take him at, what are you guys, 24, 25? <clears throat> yeah. Since you lost I, in the first I round? I think we're – I don't know, like the the right spot would kind of scream Jahan Dotson for me. Yeah. I, I like the way he plays. I like his size. Um, but that's that's just from an outsider's perspective. I, I haven't done a whole lot of research um, on these guys. But, yeah, Jahan Dotson is someone who stands out to me. Yeah. I, 
I, I think 32 or 34, I'd be okay with that. But, again, I would be okay with passing, again, on, on a wide receiver because I could see you getting a George Pickens in that third round. And that, to me, it's like that, that – he, he's got a very high upside. And that's where I'm just looking at it. I'm like, if we can wait and still get, let's say, a top 10 wide receiver in, in this draft. Let's just stick with, the, with Ryan's top 10 or pro football folks' top 10. I'll be okay with that. I feel like that is a massive upgrade for the for the Lions. And look, we're not going to get too deep into it, but like you still got free agency too that can address a number one wide receiver. So maybe you get the number two wide receiver, and then Amon Ross St. Brown becomes your number three. Like that's kind of where there's other ways to do it. Where I again number two overall, heck no. If you can trade out of the top ten, trade down. Then I'm I'm looking at it and being like, okay, who's available? Which one really stands out? I'm also very interested to see what kind of fall Jamison Williams can have with the injury, because usually you're not going to get you know mid round guy mid round teams that are like, well, all right, let's take this guy and then we'll might not have him for the first eight weeks of a season when those eight weeks of the season are so important to the, that specific team. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like a Jamison Williams, if he doesn't get picked by a top 12 team, that's when he could go on a free fall and be like, all right, now you're looking at early second round. You know what I, I mean? I think what's interesting about Jamison Williams specifically is coaches might fall in love with his toughness too, which might sound weird because he didn't even play at Ohio state, but he goes to Alabama and not only is he the most dynamic wide receiver, but he also was thrown out of a game for targeting, and he <laughs> and he also played special teams for them too, like yeah. as a gunner. So he he seemed and he hit, hit some guys pretty hard too. He seems to play with a toughness and like a recklessness that coaches love. Maybe maybe that comes with injuries long term. Um, so yeah, that is an interesting one to watch. Jameson Williams, absolutely. I think Chris Olave. There's a really good chance that he actually falls in this draft. Um, especially if his 40 time is not elite. And okay. so the, as far as the um, the combine coming up and who could be impacted the most, Garrett Wilson, he might run slower than people think. He actually might drop down my rankings once I see his 40 time. Uh, Chris Olave has a lot. I think uh, he could actually bring his value back up if his, okay. if he runs a uh, one of the faster speeds for wide receivers. Drake London could plummet if he runs a 4.6. Um and then other guys like Jahan Dotson, if he if he is the elite the burner, speed, yeah, yeah, Traylon Burks, those all those guys, if they if they put big time forty times out there, that would change them because they've they've produced, they've done everything else, especially even like David Bell, if he if David Bell can run a four three something out of you know from a miracle or something like that, that would change everybody's perception perception of him, which He'll was skyrocket. The, well, which was the reason like that. that was the that was and and I'll go back to Justin Jefferson. He ran like a 4.38 40 time, and nobody expected it. He was supposed to be a 4.5 guy. He was out there and runs in the 4.3s, and, and everybody's like, well, I don't know. I'm not sure anymore. But it's like, yeah, he had elite athleticism. You guys just didn't buy it at the time. He had the toughness to go along with it, and it turns out he was the best wide receiver in the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I think when you mix their production to their elite type of traits that you'll see it uh, with their 40s, maybe the vertical jump, uh, broad jump, and all those, we can start piecing some things together and yeah. who's a pretender and who's a legitimate asset. The Sky Moore in, in, the, in the top six, 
is very interesting to me. I feel like they're ahead of the ball game because I, I feel like everybody's kind of fallen in love with this, the idea of this guy, at least in the state of Michigan, that, that know a little bit more about him. He seems to be like the one that could go to this combine and just, just off the chart speed and be just like a, a, I think he could be one that other outlets are starting to, to pay attention to. The Mel Kuypers of the world that don't really pay attention and just all of a sudden pay attention after the, the combine. Like, he'll, he'll he'll be the darling of, of the combine. You know what I mean? And then you see him in the top, you know, top six of, of the other quote-unquote draft experts. You know what I mean? Um, and then I'm also very interested in Justin Ross from Cle- out of Clemson. Um, obviously, without Trevor Lawrence and the terrible quarterback that they had, Lost a lot of favor. I think he got injured too, didn't he? Yeah, he's dealt with so injuries. So the, there's the, all of that, but he he was a big name this time last year um, that was going back to Clemson and was a huge piece. So I, I'm interested to see if he can kind of help his stock a little bit more in this in this draft. I don't know a whole lot about him to say why I like him or why I dislike him, but it'll be interesting to see what, what happens at, at the Combine to, to kind of get this thing going. Three more names. Wandell Robinson out of Kentucky. He could. He's a really good athlete. He almost looks like a running back. Romeo Dubs, um, I, I believe, is out of Nevada, right? He played a lot over there with. Um, oh yeah, looks like I removed that with one. Carson Strong. I think he was his okay. main wide receiver for Carson Strong. I, I, I don't know. He could. He could rise up. I guess if he shows elite athleticism, and then Christian Watson. I think he could absolutely become the darling of the draft or the the combine if he runs in the four threes. Cool. So I'm going to strike out the music here, if that's cool with you guys. Let's do it. And what that means is, John, you can see that I, I have the hat on the desk with the names. So I have I put questions in a hat. You see them there on the sheet there? The, the, <laughs> the questions. So they're in a hat. So what I want you to do is pull a question out of the hat when you can. So confused. <laughs> and then... We'll, we'll just answer them and have some fun talking about all these questions, okay? I can pull a name out of a hat. Yes, pull, pull it right out. Pull the first one out. Question number one. With the w- rumors swirling that Washington, Green Bay, and Detroit are the three finalists to host the 2024 NFL Draft, would you rather Detroit get the draft or host the Super Bowl? I would rather a draft because I feel like I would have a better chance of going to that. Or like, you know what I mean? I think it would be fun. Yeah, that'd be fun. That'd in be the middle experience. of the summer too, or I guess in April. Sorry, not, yeah. not summer. I, I know it. everything's more expensive in California, <laughs> but I couldn't afford to go to the Super Bowl this year. So. <laughs> I could not afford yeah, to go to any no Super chance. Bowl. I assume. I would I, love to go to the draft though. That'd be fun. I mean. We might get a media pass since we're such a growing podcast here in the state of Michigan. The draft would be awesome, especially if Detroit's continuing to rebuild and they got a decent pick. You know, yeah, that, that would just be hype to go down there. I feel like if there's a draft, if they if they got a draft, I think I would really try to go. We should try to get at media passes. That would yeah. be absolutely what we need. All Lark and Discord tied up, nice. Um, oh. but no, I, I that's what I would do. I don't. Know, I I would prefer the 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 draft. Yeah, just because we know the Super Bowl won't happen too. Yeah. Micah, what would you prefer? Yeah, draft. Yeah. yeah. Would you go? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'd go. Question two. What if Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay were playing in the Super Bowl in Detroit? Would you go, Micah? I wouldn't be able to afford it. Oh. 
So we're all on that same page. Yeah. <laughs> For now. For now. All right. It's Buffalo RPG. Bills are looking to build a new stadium. If it were your choice, would you make it a dome to fit Josh Allen's game? And another question on that one that I pulled out of the hat. Do you wish the Lions were or Ford Field were an outdoor stadium? <laughs> the Lions. Uh, who writes these questions? Yeah. Do I wish the Lions were a stadium? or is, yeah, Ford Field? Oh, got it. Okay, got but it. first, the dome. Yes or no for Josh Allen? If I were Buffalo, I would 100%. Retractable roof. Do a retractable roof. I think every every football stadium should be that way at this point. But at the same time, why right? wouldn't you just do a dome? Because if there's bad weather, you're gonna close the roof. And if there's so bad, you could open but, it if there's good weather. But there's, yeah, yes. But what's the benefit of that? Good weather. The benefit is Bill's Mafia can keep jumping on <laughs> tables and stuff out in the cold and then just stand in the cold. What would you do? Up. Would you? Would you? Oh, I'd leave it at dome. Come on, it's yeah. historic to play up in Buffalo. Yeah. Oh, you'd leave, so you'd leave Ooh, it uh, open air. I'd yeah, keep it open. Yeah, yeah. yeah if they got to travel, I mean, it, they're going to be playing in Kansas City probably next year for the AFC Championship game. So why not open it up like it is down there? Get cold. That's yeah. good playoff football. That's a that's a place nobody wants to go to, just like New England. I would cater to my quarterback, though, personally. He ain't going to be your quarterback forever. Yeah, you build a new one, then. <laughs> and then you get the quarterback that you want to have like this again, right? Yeah. And for the Lions, what was the Lions question? It was like, do we do we wish the Ford Field was outdoors or, or something? Yeah. No. I love Ford Field. I love Ford Field, and I love that it's indoors and it's comfortable. It's rowdy. And, heard a lot of and crap about Ford Field recently. Really? Yeah. That's dumb. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't realize just from different shows. Really? Mm -hmm. Ford Field's awesome. Well, get rid of the touchdown singer. That's awkward. Everything else is fine. I'm not a huge fan of that. I'm not a huge fan of it, but it doesn't bother me either because there's grown men singing fight songs at all these football games, anyways. So. Yeah, that's what I have a problem with. And and other teams though are doing. Yeah, no, I don't like that either. Stupid. There you go. You have any more questions in that hat? Yeah, <laughs> let, me, let me mix these up. <laughs> yeah, mix it up a little bit. Sean McVay turned down a $100 million Amazon offer to be a game analyst for Thursday Night Football this fall to continue coaching. Do you respect his loyalty to run it back, or do you think he's an idiot? Both. I think he's an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, good for him. He wants to win another Super Bowl, but, man, $100 million? Yeah, I don't know what the buyout Ooh. is on that, but John Gruden did pretty good at signing a $100 million contract. He didn't <laughs> have to stay too long. Yeah, and he still got his money, I'm sure. He if he probably, didn't, he will. Yeah, he how many probably. years? $100 million for how many years? I don't Was it five? know. It, I think five. Yeah, it sounds right. Oh, my. He, he could have went back to coaching if he missed it that much. Okay, yeah, he's an idiot. Just go get it, right? Yeah. What is he, 33, 34 years old? He'd be back coaching by 48. He'd still be the second youngest coach in the league, probably. <laughs> or just don't coach after that. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I mean, just retire. Just call it a day. Just stay Just stay an analyst. Yeah. It's easy. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you can yeah. afford to go to any Super Bowl with that money. <laughs> right? <laughs> Who cares if He's you're on the sideline? He doesn't care if it's in Detroit or anything. He'll go anyways. Yeah, just that's, that's nuts. That's crazy. Yeah. That's a lot, of, a lot of money. I think we're in the wrong profession. I think well, we're trying to get into that profession. Yeah, we're all, we're all talking into a mic. No, we need we need to be coaches, guys. Coaches? Because then you become I want to be a coach. I love coaching. He is also. a coach. I want to be a 
more than T-ball coach. Well, I'm doing T-ball <laughs> this we year. We all start somewhere. Are you? Yeah. You're going to coach Quinstein? Well, assistant. I'm not oh. going to run the team. No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> Speaking of other guys that didn't coach, uh, Troy Aikman agreed to a new deal for five years and an annuals, annual annual salary expected to approach or exceed the neighborhood of Tony Romo's $17.5 million per season contract with CBS. So he's with Monday Night Football, right? He's with Monday Night Football. ESPN. Yeah. And Tony Romo's still going to be with CBS. CBS. Well, yeah, ESPN's going to pay Troy Aikman, so they're going to poach him from Fox and give him probably, what, $18, 20000000 million almost a year? I think they're making mistakes. I don't, I don't think these commentators are worth all that money. They're, people are going to watch those games whether somebody's commenting on it or not. I, I agree. It, it just blows my mind. The Why are they competing against these guys? They don't need to. They're just – the demand is – they're like creating the demand. I just hate that both guys claim to fame was playing for the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, I don't like that either. You know, this all goes back to Jerry Jones at the end of the day. He's probably getting a cut of that. Yeah, no kidding. He don't need that dirty yeah. oil money. But anyway, that's got Sam thinking. Who is your favorite NFL play-by-play guy? And who is your favorite color commentator? Mar- Michael, let's start with you. I don't got one. Sorry. Move on. You don't have do one? you want to be on the podcast <clears throat> still, or do you just want to dodge every question like you did the kids earlier today? <laughs> oh, <laughs> you just man. dodging every question. No. <laughs> Am I the only one that thinks he's dodging questions? I don't know. I'm you don't have a favorite play-by-play I wasn't guy? personally no, offended really. by it, but I was. <laughs> Um, I like the I, I like the Lions team. Who do they have? Oh yeah. Oh, on the radio? No, the TV guys. Well, that's they switch it every week. Yeah, they get the rotational. Guys. Yeah, who's the main guy? <laughs> Talk about it's usually Bre- uh, it's Talking about usually guys that signed uh, annual mm. salary nope. contracts. Uh-uh. Of, like, I don't. I don't want to talk about those guys. I like Tony. Uh, Brenneman is it Brenneman? He does a lot of the play-by-play. I don't know. See, this is why I don't pay attention to the names of. Commentators. See, I love Joe Buck as play-by-play. Oh, I can't stand Joe Buck. You don't like Joe Buck? That's I also love why Joe I Buck. don't like Troy Eggman. I just don't like that combo, and they both look fake as they can be. Um, and then yeah. for my, I I like Chris Collinsworth. I was as a I was col- gonna color say commentator. I do like Chris. Collinsworth. I know he has his quirks that everybody likes to tease and stuff, but I think he does a really good job. That's got me thinking now. <laughs> hey, I really put that. That's got me thinking. I do like Al Michaels. I don't. I'm going to step out I, on, on a color commentator line here, and I'm going to throw Lomas Brown from the radio Oh, he did, oh on that list. Ooh, I think up there. Dan Miller on the radio call, see ya. That's like, who that I'm is talking about, best. guys. I asked if it was radio, and you said no TV. Well, I thought it was TV. Dan Miller radio <laughs> is um, incredible. Yeah, he's the I best. Love, I love him on the radio. I mean, I, yeah. But who's your least favorite? Uh, All right, so I, Al Michaels. Yeah, I don't Get like what? Al Michaels' play-by-play. I think what? he's like Ryan pointed it out, like that play that oh when God. when uh, Stafford threw that bomb to Cooper Cup, he was like, "Oh, yeah, he's got it down there." Andy, <laughs> the ball. It's like. It's like, man, you have been doing this too long. Real Get a excited bit, once in your life. <laughs> I will say he has one I, – I, I have one knock on the guy, and that was during the Super Bowl when Matt Stafford had his foot rolled up on. They show him getting taped up on the sideline. He said, 
oh, he'll really show his true colors to these veterans if he can come back in and play. And it's like, dude, the guy threw touchdown passes without a shoulder in his socket. So he's a veteran. (laughs) Yeah, you guys dogged him his entire career in Detroit was never a good Super Bowl. You know, a good quarterback, Super Bowl potential quarterback. I I also really like uh, Mike Tirico. I like Tirico. The only time, honestly, I don't care. I mean, as Lions fans, we sit and watch some of the crappiest play-by-play and – um, color guys in in the, the league like we have a keep to leave that you can't even oh, understand. Keep to leave, he's my favorite. He's, he's so bad, <laughs> so bad. I could listen to Tariko with the Olympics. Yeah, with, with golf coverage, like the dude yeah, is. Tirico's he's good. yeah, he covers all bases. That's kind of why I like Al Michaels. Too, the only right? time I ever turn off a game because of the commentator is that girl on ESPN that does college football. Oh, she's so she's bad. so bad. And she ruins my day. Like, I'm sitting there watching a game, <laughs> get done watching the, the good game at from noon, to, and then all of a sudden, she's on. I'm like, all right, this has got to stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so bad. Doris Burke. Yes. Is <laughs> that, oh, I don't like her no, either. NBA games. Uh, the NBA. Like, oh, my gosh. Come on, Doris. None of these players are talking to you after the game. You know, She <laughs> makes it sound like she's best buds with LeBron. You know, it's like, get out of here. All right, do we can have I any say, more? Can yeah. I say Gus Johnson or no? Yeah, yeah, oh, he yeah. does okay. Lions games. Well, there it is. Perfect. That's what I was talking he about. didn't dodge it. We're good. You can dodge a wrench. You can dodge a question. Last question. <laughs> it got stuck to the brim of the hat. We got one more? Perfect. One of the two opponents for the international games in 2022 have been announced. Tampa Bay in Munich, Germany. Green Bay in London. Saints and Jags will both play, not each other, but in London. And the Cardinals will head south to Mexico City. Do you like these games? And what city deserves one of these games? I do not like when my team plays in these games. But I love waking up and knowing that there's a game on at like 9.30 in the morning. I love that. I, love I don't get it. to watch it, but yeah. I love knowing it so I, I can follow it on my phone or bet on it or something. I just forget about it when it comes to fantasy football. Oh, that. It's like, oh, shoot, I didn't set my lineup and so-and-so's playing and I already had you know eight pancakes and a half a pound of paper. <laughs> right. I mean, I, I like getting on my phone, sitting in the church pew and going on my betting app and trying to bet on a game. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Amen. Did that hit the post? Yeah, it was inside post. Um, What's for, the score of this game? I can never see the score. 3-3 three, three overtime. <laughs> I know. I don't know why that's like that. I don't know where the remote is. It's my bad. Uh, but what city deserves it? I think I think uh, Munich would be really really cool in Germany. That would be what's a fun going one. to happen though. What? Yeah, no. I just, oh. I'm saying that I think that'll be really <laughs> oh, cool. Gotcha. Yeah, sure. Or are we supposed to pick a different city to host? <laughs> I was thinking like here. a city, city that right doesn't now? have Dodge it. Yet. Questions. <laughs> um, Come. for me, I w- I think Toronto would be a fun one to have a game. They're not on the this list. No, they're not on this, <laughs> but I'm saying they deserve a chance. I did not understand the question. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't either. I just read it out of the hat. <laughs> that didn't work. Nope. Not quite. All right, I tried. I don't I tried. know. Hold on. Let me think of all the cities in the world. <laughs> Dubai. Dubai deserves it. Actually, that would be... I could see that happening. In there. <laughs> From the Red Wing. Michigan State. We're talking about it. This is State of My Sports. Ryan, can you explain betting here to people? Man, you always do this to me. I know. I sure can. 
betting hero is a sports betting website that will lay out every single promo code available for you for each of the major um, available sports betting platforms in, legal in your state. So they will break it down for you. If you use DraftKings, if you use um, – name another one, anybody. FanDuel. FanDuel uh, and they have individual or unique promo codes available, they will continuously up those, update those for you, lay them out in a list format. And if you go to bettinghero.com, use promo code MIBETS, uh, that's the best way to also support this podcast. So once again, bettinghero.com, promo code MIBETS. Uh, they will lay out every single promo code available, and you can win as much free money as you wish. Dang it, I tried to turn that back on, and it didn't work. John, can you grab me the It's post game. No, it should be still going. Yeah, but you went to post game. That's the problem. You need to go to the oh, live game. So dear. now you don't have that av- availability, and you'll never get there unless All you right. go to live. Gotcha. So last week, my Wednesday parlay missed again. <clears throat> Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before we get into that. Yeah. Did you bet on the Michigan-Michigan State basketball game tonight? Uh, it was part of a parlay, yeah. Who did you have winning? I had Michigan State winning. What's the score? The score right now, as of uh, two minutes ago, Michigan is winning 64-49. to 49 Whoa! With nine minutes left. So with, the, the desperate team is desperate and with, showed with, up. Without Juwan Howard? Oh, no way. Without Juwan Howard. Their, their coach that actually can't coach? Maybe. They just give them two penalties? What's going on? Uh oh. Sorry, they had a delayed penalty. And then Suter. Oh, Suter. Oh, I get it. All right. They thought. All right. We're good. Ooh. Ooh. Living. <laughs> cool. Good too radio. Too many men on the ice. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, what are dead we dead about zone here? right there. Uh, so they got a too many men on the ice penalty. The Red Wings thought they still had the puck. That's why they're mad that they so, blew the whistle. What wings tied three three minute forty left in overtime. About to go on a four on three power play. So love that. Um, Wednesday parlay last week I had the Avs against the Red Wings minus one. I won that over in the Tampa Bay Edmonton game. I won that. The third one was the Kings minus one and a half against the Coyotes. The Kings only won by one, so I missed it by one. And it was a plus six fifty seven bet. Like that's a pretty pretty darn good odds. So. Um, if you, but if you're paying attention, if you pay attention to your bets and you were on board with the parlay, you see that you win the first two, you head your bet before that other game starts because it was the late Coyotes uh, Kings game, um, so you can kind of use that. I, I think I got it at like minus one eighty, but you can find a way to break even or even find a way to win um, at least a little bit. That's that's what you do. Um, so right now, my Wednesday parlay is zero for two. But I got a good one here this week, and I'm feeling good about it. So I'm going to start with the Leafs, minus one and a half against the Sabres. They seem to be scoring at will, and the Sabres are playing some of the worst hockey in ho- or, yeah, worst hockey in the NHL. So I'll give myself that win. Um, I'm going to take the over in the Kraken-Predators game. The Kraken seems to hit overs all the time because they are very bad and allow a lot of goals and can kind of score some goals too, so... It's kind of a, a good over to hit. And then I'm going to take the 76ers to win over the Knicks. The 76ers are playing some really good basketball since they, they made the trade and, and things are clicking and they're not going to slow down anytime soon. It's a so. good bet. Thanks, man. You bet. Um, You bet or I bet? That was my bet. That was your bet. You bet? My bet? He bet. Are you going to bet my bet? We're all set. We're all set. That's <laughs> you. <laughs> so let's get into our beer grades for today. Remind everybody what we're drinking tonight, Micah. 
drinking uh, from Waypost Brewing. I like how you did that. Blueberry Sumac Sour. Uh, oh, boy. Hard to see right now. 4.7%. Um, this is a good sour. I liked what I drank. Um, it's easy to drink. Obviously, light on the alcohol content, so you're not going to get all tipsy or too tipsy unless you drink a lot. But tonight, this is good. This is a good beer. I, I really like it. I'm going to give this one uh, an 8.2. That's a really good grade. You know what? I think I might go with the same grade, 8.2. The description is bright, fruity, and pleasantly there tart. There it is. Boom. Raymond. And I think it, it matches that. I don't know what you guys are talking about, but I'm talking about beer. So Raymond just scored. Raymond did? Yep. Game winner? Game winner. Cider getting an assist there. I think he did. I think he was the original shot. Yeah. Yeah. So another couple points for those guys on top of Zagras. Yep. Sweet. Suck it, (laughs) Zagras. Suck it. (laughs) Your flashy goals that nobody cares about. 39 shots on goal. Not bad, right? That was a good game. The Red Wings played pretty well. They survived the beginning. Carolina looked like the way better team early on, and the Red Wings just really took control so like does this help with the uh, blashel keeping his job thing yeah it's a good response it definitely is a good response for from what we saw against toronto but i mean you, you got some work to do you you, you got to do it again you can't you can't lose a lot of these games against in these teams these are the good teams but show up that's the biggest thing you keep getting interrupted and it's uh it's your turn 8.2 i already said it sam you're up oh i am all right I think it's better than 8.2. I love how easy to drink it is, and I really like the tart to it. I really do. I'm going to go with an 8.4. The tart probably comes from the sumac. Sumac. Yeah. Yeah. Sumac. The cashew family. I'm not a huge fan of the sours. I do like how they're refreshing. It's a nice change of pace every now and then. But I do like this one. I i don't know. It's up there. 7.8. 7.8? Seven, seven, eight. We'll seven, eight? Seven, eight. Yeah. Not a bad score. So what's our average there? About eight two, right? <laughs> Maybe eight eight one and a half. Yeah, it's not eight two. It's probably eight two point one two five, like an extra eight in there. <laughs> that might be spot on. No, it's eight one something. Eight isn't that what he said? Eight. Oh, I thought he said eight two something. Eight one two five. Should we Anyways. figure it out off air? Or do you guys want to all listen to us try to figure out our average? Simple math. Let's, <laughs> right. Let's end the podcast and then we can listen back and figure out the math. I'm down. All right. That was episode 146. Thank you guys for recording. Thank you all for listening and watching live. Really appreciate it. Uh, We will talk to you next week. Peace. If not soon. You've been listening to State of My Sports. From the Red Wings to the Lions to the Tigers to the Pistons to Michigan and Michigan State and everything in between, we're talking about it. And don't forget the beer. We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. In the meantime, hook up with us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch at State of My Sports with an M-I. We'll see you next time.